This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Hello. Welcome in. We are a couple of days late to our Pax What She Said recap episode. It is the 12 games of wins miss. If the Packers win on Saturday, Christmas Day, it, they will be uh, 12 wins to the season. We're going to recap the Ravens game. We're going to preview the Browns game. If you're an avid podcast listener, this is going to be the episode. So um, don't expect another one because the girl <laughs> has COVID and this is all I can handle right now. Maggie, how are we? I was going to say better than you, but that sounds really mean, but like, I feel pretty you good. Are. So, You're definitely better than <laughs> so I, I, I taken my health for granted right now, I guess, but uh, excited, excited for Saturday. Had this one circled on the calendar for quite a while before we even found out it was Christmas. So yeah. So I guess for people that, who don't know you and Mark, your husband are going to be at the game, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I put up, our picture, nobody can see it. It's really far back, but from uh, four years ago when it was the Brett Hundley Deshaun Kaiser Bowl. So hopefully this one is a little bit more engaging, a little more interesting, um, higher scoring, more enjoyable from start to finish. I mean, <laughs> I can't speak for the Browns because we'll get into it and they have tons of injuries and COVID um, positives, but at least you'll get to see Aaron Rodgers this time. Yeah, we bought those tickets and they were like 300 bucks a pop. And same day we looked it up and you could get tickets for six bucks. Like, <laughs> it was just this like... This time it's at Lambeau and not in Cleveland, right? Yeah, this time at Lambeau. Forecast has <laughs> flurries in the air, potentially. You might get a little bit of snow, which would be, you know, that, that white Christmas magic. But Love I don't know. Snow. I mean... We've talked we talked about this all season, honestly, before we even knew what the situation would be like um, with Kareem Hunt potentially maybe unable to play on the COVID list. But two teams with really good running back tandems, two of the best yes. running back duos in the NFL. And in the cold at Lambeau Field, you know, we love watching A.J. Dillon play. Nick Chubb is going to be a lot of fun to see on the other sideline. Yeah. So I guess do you want to preview Browns first. You want to recap Ravens first before we dive into Nick Chubb. Let's just talk about the Ravens. Before we I feel like we should go backwards and then look forward. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Packers beat the Ravens. The Tyler Huntley led Ravens 31-30 in a literal last second um, two-point conversion stop. 
Um, don't know why John Harbor did not just kick the field or the extra point to go into overtime. Grateful that he didn't. Grateful for Eric Stokes. And that was the game. You did your rewatch today. Um, what did you see? Anything different I mean, than what we saw when we were watching live? I think to me, it was just the speed of this Ravens offense. And I thought Tyler Huntley, you know, as much as he's not Lamar Jackson, when you study behind someone, like he has a lot of similar scrambling ability. He rushed for two touchdowns. You know, the Ravens running back core wasn't that great going into the game. So we knew it would either be Lamar or potentially Tyler Huntley scrambling quite a bit. So as far as that was concerned, uh, I think that, you know, going into most games, the Packers don't have that kind of quarterback that they'll be facing and they'll have Kenny Clark back in the mix. I think that was one of the glaring kind of holes on Sunday. And it sounds like he should potentially clear protocols in time for Saturday, which will be ideal against Nick Chubb. Yeah, I agree. I think the front did the best they could without Kenny, but it was very clear how much he's missed up there. And um, my, my big takeaway was just one uncommon opponent. Um, I think that's always going to be very difficult. Uh, Same with like how wonky the Bengals game was, right? Like you just don't, um, don't play these teams that often and it's difficult to scout. And no matter how many players that the Ravens do not have on the field, it is a very well-coached team. I think they're similar caliber to the Packers in just the way that they handle their business. And you can kind of always expect clearly that next man up mentality. Um, not to mention they still had Mark Andrews who torched the Packers defense single-handedly. Um, still had, like you said, Tyler Huntley being able to get, um, some yards with his legs, but, um, on the bright side, at least Eric Stokes was able to essentially lock down Marquise Brown, who is obviously the Ravens number one, um, an incredibly, incredibly fast, speedy guy out there. So it was one weapon taken out of the picture, but, um, I, I didn't expect it to be this close. I didn't expect the Ravens to be able to put up 30. Um, that was definitely a surprise from the defense. But um, I think you and I, before the game, discussed what one of the keys would be, and that would be gap integrity. And <laughs> not something that the Packers were succeeding at, so the Ravens were able to move the ball against them. Yeah, I mean, we saw it all over Twitter, too, but if there was ever an award for a defensive MVP, I think Kenny Clark solidified his uh, name on that trophy without having to be on the field just because, you know, he he's such a force in the middle of the defense and he can move the pocket. And I thought for the most part, Tyler Huntley had a pretty clean pocket. Um, for the game recap I wrote for Cheesehead TV, I called Rashawn Gary the defensive MVP just because I felt like at least he was always in the backfield. He didn't get a sack. He wasn't fully capable of containing Huntley but I thought for the most part he did a really nice job of creating pressure and at least forcing him to scramble even though some of those scrambles led to a positive yardage yeah yeah I mean I was thinking the same thing like I just I'd be like he was so close and yet so far the entire time um but at the same time you think well at least he's being disruptive and I think with any other quarterback very few quarterbacks are as mobile as Lamar and Tyler Huntley are Um, and so you'd think that with any other quarterback, those would, would turn into sacks at some point. Um, I find the Ravens to be a really interesting team. I think we talked about this in our preview show a bit, but it really showed that they can just execute their entire offense, no matter who is under center. And I kept thinking like, would Lamar have had a better game 
than Tyler Huntley if he was in. I mean, he really like showed up for them in a very impressive way. And it just goes to show, like I said, a very well-run organization who's developed a backup who can just run that offense even when Lamar is out. I found it to be very impressive. And I think what made this game kind of feel like an anomaly is we saw what the Packers defense was able to do against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and Justin Fields, even to an extent quarterbacks that have, you know, they're known for their scrambling ability. You don't see that against like big Ben. Yes. Jared Goff, put up some (laughs) yardage, but you know, in the division, Kirk cousins, those are not scrambling quarterbacks. So when they did see Tyler Huntley, I think it was a little bit surprising. And, you know, again, that could have been part of losing Kenny Clark, but the gap integrity was definitely not what it was, which makes Saturday so much more interesting because the Packers defense, it's like, I mean, they've been playing pretty well on the road, but they're like a completely different squad at Lambeau. The numbers that they're putting up, it's like a different beast when they're on their home turf. Yeah. Do you have any of those in front of you? I don't have the specifics. I just know that, you know, from a turnover standpoint as well, they they are much more aggressive, it feels like, at Lambeau Field. And again, I don't know if that's, you've got the crowd behind you. There's a lot of factors that yeah. can go into it. The cold weather, I think there's an, an ownership of that as well, but Yeah, I feel like on Saturday, had Saturday's game been in Cleveland, I might feel a little bit differently about the score being closer. Yeah, I completely agree. They are, I mean, a different team at home in general. It's very hard to beat the Packers in Lambeau. Um, I definitely am hoping to see, I think, a much more dominant defensive performance against the Browns on Saturday. Um, The Packers had like a couple stretches there where this defense wasn't, even letting teams get to 20 points, they've faltered a little bit. Bears-Ravens game, I'd like to see them get back to being a little bit more shut down. I think it's totally possible against this Browns team. Um, Really quickly before we move on to the Browns, I know you're itching to talk about them. (laughs) I am too. Um, I just want to talk about the Packers offense because they are just humming. Yep. Just humming. Um, Obviously, Devontae Adams, if you watched his presser, um, you saw that he was very well aware and all the beat reporters are very well aware of the fact that the Ravens doubled him essentially the entire game um, in what the Ravens actually told him was called 17 Bulldog uh, defensive scheme. So they basically designed their entire defense around stopping Devontae Adams, which is ingenious. Don't know why more teams don't do that. Um, he still had, I think it was five catches for 50 yards, something along those lines. Um, but the real star of the show was MVS. Um, big, big game from MVS. So it's going to be really unfortunate that he's probably not going to be able to play on Saturday because he got put on the COVID list today. Um, big game from the running backs. You had Aaron Jones breaking off like 10-yard run after 10-yard run. So it's Packers offense, if they were struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season, they're really, really starting to find their groove. Ho, 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 ladies. The holidays came early, not only for you, but also for your man here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products that your man will actually use, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this season. Go to manscaped.com and use code PWSS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Harry Jingle Balls are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. 
Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. Candy cane balls are no more. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's like a gift to yourself with less mess. Their hygiene bundle also comes with a pair of manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep his junk feeling fresh all day. The perfect package for his perfect package. Tis the season to load up on manscaped products. So get you, uh, your man, your dad, your brother, and all your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performage Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. Every guy has Manscaped on their wish list, so get him the products he'll actually use this holiday season. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. Get your man a gift you'll both enjoy, the gift of Manscaped. Yeah, I mean, 30-plus points in the last four games. And one of the things I liked about Rogers presser post game, you know, he was talking about how he told MVS, like, that's the MVS that we know and that's what we expect. And I, I wrote this in the game recap, but I just felt like he really looked like a wide receiver too. He didn't just look like a deep threat on Sunday, which was when made it so impressive, you know, hasn't had the kind of drops that he struggled with last season. Mm-hmm. He's more of a possession receiver catching with his hands and not his body. So he's just made such strides and it is unfortunate that he won't be there on Saturday or he likely won't be there is probably doubtful to play. But, you know, Rogers was saying that if, if defenses are going to do what they did to Devante each week, someone else is going to have to step up a couple weeks yeah. ago. It was Alan Lazard. Then we had MBS going into, you know, Saturday's game. If the Browns incorporate that same kind of scheme, which maybe they will, maybe they won't. Denzel Ward is a really good corner, but he's also dealing with a groin injury. I don't know. I think, you know, Lazard, EQ coming back from a concussion, somebody's going to have to step up opposite Devontae. Yeah, and I think they have plenty of players who can, right? Like we've seen Aaron Jones have big games before as well, not just in the run game, but in the pass game. Um, similar A.J. Dillon. I think Josiah DeGuara has really slowly over the course of the last few games proven that he has Rodgers' trust. And um, yeah, who knows? I mean, Big Dog had a number of huge runs and yards after the catch against the Ravens unexpectedly. So it's not for lack of um, options, I would say. Um, last thing would be remiss if we didn't touch on it. Obviously Aaron Rodgers tied Brett Favre's, um, franchise record for touchdowns, most in Packers, um, franchise history, one more touchdown this season, which you expect him to get unless they just decide (laughs) to run the ball, which I know Aaron Nagler would be thrilled about. Um, he beats it and, and owns that franchise record, which is just I have no words. Um, Unbelievable. Just unbelievable what we as fans have been able to watch for uh, both of our entire existences um, and just superb Hall of Fame quarterback play. Yeah. And I mean, we always talk about how as fans were spoiled to go from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. And it's not to discredit what Brett Favre did. It was a different era of football, a different style. But when you look at like the comparison and the number of games Rodgers did it in and with such fewer interceptions, like almost 200 less picks. It's just crazy to think about. Like when we look back on Aaron Rodgers career, we always talk about how he's a magician and his, his stats speak for themselves, but he really is like in a league of his own. And you can argue number of Super Bowls and just pure like arm strength, but there's, there's nobody at least for a very long time statistically that will ever be able to touch what Aaron Rodgers has done in his his career with the Packers. 
I agree. I think like there's numbers that speak for themselves, but if you look at them as a collective whole, like just what he does at the position holistically from his accuracy to, and he's still not afraid. I mean, you saw that throw, everyone's talking about it, the throw to MVS, but yeah, you look at something like that as a, you know, he's turning 38 um, shortly. I think his birthday is this week, actually. Um, was two weeks ago. Oh, what early December, December. He's Devontae's is coming up. You're probably thinking of Devante. There we go. Um, I'm a fan, but don't have their birthdays memorized, which is <laughs> probably fine. Um, either way, right? It's just the the accuracy and the, I don't know, courage, bravery, ego, whatever it is that gets him to throw those throws into non-existent windows. Um, he's just, he's still in a league of his own, no matter how old he gets. And I think it is, it's safe to say that Matt LaFleur coming in the last couple of seasons has allowed Rodgers to like resurge as this dominant quarterback that he was kind of, I don't know, like missing in the, at the end of the Mike McCarthy era. Um, so that's our coach of the year. Um, final <laughs> takeaways from the Ravens game, if any. Well, I just wanted to say really quickly too, like I think the crazy part is when you look at, Matt LaFleur being responsible for 104 of those touchdowns or they've happened in the LaFleur era. And like, when you look at it, right. When you look at a big picture and think about, you know, it's a 17 year career and two and a half of those years, two and three quarters came with LaFleur. It's a really impressive numbers, especially winning the MVP at one point. Um, But I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because it's 442 and 104 of those are with, are in those, three yeah. seasons with the floor. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it just, and it shows you the comfort he has in the offense and all those, you know, just the growth that we've seen in each of their seasons together, all the way from, you know, obviously 2019 when we got a defense was the first thing that they said week one, and they weren't really putting up too many points having yeah. the number one ranked offense in 2020. And now I think this season I don't know. I think, would you agree that this is the best Packers season under the LaFleur era? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, they're all different and, and best in their own way. I think, I think it depends on what you, I mean, last year, <coughs> sorry. Um, you look at like statistically, they're the best offense in the league. So I think you can, could compare, but I think they have a better chance of winning this year. Yeah, I think like holistically, as far as the defense plays into that, which is why special teams are so interesting because last year's special teams, arguably everybody had problems with J.K. Scott, with the return game, whatever it was. But Mason Crosby was 100% on his field goals, had the best statistical season of his career. And now you're talking about a Packers team that has kind of a clear path to the number one seed, deep playoff push going up against, you know, talent that they've beaten already, seen the Cardinals, seen the Rams, and now special teams again against the Ravens, which arguably, yes, best coached unit in the NFL. But still, that much. self-inflicted wounds with, you know, roughing of a fair catch, um, getting a penalty on your punt, so you have to back it up, start kicking from your own end zone, muffing a punt, like just things that you'd feel like going into the 13th or not even the 13th. Wow. I was thinking of wins Um, going into your 16th week, the things would be cleaned up by now. 
Yeah, I would hope. I think at this point I've kind of given up on that. And just like you kind of just have to hope that the blunders that they do end up making aren't game costing. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, I think their other two phases are absolutely championship caliber teams. So it's just be be not a disaster on special teams. And this is the best team in the league. Um it is interesting to me going into the season, you and I looked at, we always do a schedule preview where we look at the schedule when it comes out and we were like, wow, the Packers are getting the AFC North and the NFC West as the divisions that they're getting, arguably two of the better, more competitive divisions in the league. And they are currently undefeated against those teams. If they win on Saturday against the Browns, they will go eight and zero against those teams. And that is, is not something that I would have ever expected. Now, of course, everything shakes out differently as the season rolls along, and some of those teams have turned into either A, clearly poor teams, as in Seahawks and Steelers, or ravaged by injuries in um, the Ravens and the Browns with injuries in COVID, but just really, really impressive. Um, really impressive. That's the Is that the word of the day? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be. I think when you, like, we we had probably a couple losses in there circled on the calendar. At San Fran was going to be a tough one. At Baltimore was another tough one. <clears throat> At Cardinals was going to be challenging. So, yeah, to, for the Packers to have the record that they do, even Rams at home, for the Packers to be undefeated at home this season, I think says a lot about the caliber of the football team because we're talking about, you know, teams that have been ravaged by injuries, and the Packers are on that short list. Might not get David Bakhtiari back until the playoffs if he comes back at all. No news on Zadarius Smith. Jair is practicing but likely won't play on Saturday. Again, news on Josh Myers. So, Or I guess Randall Cobb too because he has the potential to come back. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of moving pieces. Hopefully Billy Turner is able to come back at some point, even though Dennis Kelly has looked good. But for the Packers kind of going up against the adversity that they have this season. And it's been a recurring theme, whether it's next man up, you know, in the face of adversity, whatever their phrase is for the week. Um, the, the fact that they're still able to win football games. And if you ask them, I think all of them are still saying like, oh, we haven't played a complete game. We haven't played our best game, mm-hmm. which is crazy when they put up the points that they haven't won the way that they have all season. Yeah, it is true. When they finally put it together, it could be incredibly unstoppable. I mean, I think one of, take special teams out of the equation the most complete game in my mind was the Bears game naturally not the greatest opponent but you see the Packers put up 45 points right that's really just something else so we only have a little time left and I let's let's look ahead um the Packers host the Browns in at Lambeau on Saturday we really don't know at this point who from the Brown side is playing um, Baker Mayfield, obviously being the most important still in COVID protocols think has the chance to play. I can't even read off the list of the amount of players that are missing, <laughs> but players that are not missing, like you said, Nick Chubb, miles um, Garrett questionable. I'd imagine miles Garrett will do everything in his power to be on that field. Um, you mentioned it, Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsom will not be playing. I think he got also put on the COVID list today. They're just, unfortunately, a really, really stacked defense um, will not be out there. Uh, but there's still plenty, plenty of weapons for the Packers to have to overcome and face. 
Yeah. I mean, and this, this Browns offense is such an anomaly compared to last season where they were getting a bunch of different guys involved. And, you know, as much as we all joked about OBJ, like the Browns being better with OBJ, not on the field, they don't have a single pass catcher over 500 yards receiving this season. Wow. They're, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones leads the team with 478 yards. And then it's tight end David Njoku. Jarvis Landry hasn't even eclipsed 400 yards on the season. So their offense is just kind of sputtering and, you know, as fun as it was to watch to Ernest Johnson and some of these guys come in and have big games without like Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt in the backfield, Baker Mayfield's having a tough year. And in a contract year that that is pretty tough, you know, the way that he's been playing. I think if he is healthy enough to start on Saturday, defense is going to get some turnovers at Lambeau field. Yeah. I, um, well, the Packers, one of their formulas for winning handedly because they're obviously winning but when they win by I think a full touchdown or more is when they have a turnover um so I think that seems to clearly be the formula um for better wins more comfortable wins um I I don't even know like I I think in my mind no matter who's under center the keys to this game are stopping Nick Chubb or mitigating Nick Chubb because there's not going to be much, you can't stop him. Um, and holding off miles Garrett. Now I have a little bit more faith to be honest in the defense, being able to wrap tackle, which I can't believe I'm saying that about a Packers team, <laughs> uh, tackle Nick Chubb. than I am about this offensive line handling miles Garrett. Now I know that there was, they handled Aaron Donald just as well, but um, it's an O-line that's been just super, super banged up. And while they have kept Rodgers upright fairly well, um, he's just on another level. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see the Matt LaFleur offense that kind of relies on tight ends again, whether it's Mercedes or Josiah DeGara. Dominic Daphne coming back this week could help, but a lot more chipping off the Mm -hmm. line and you know just just having somebody next to Yash in those situations because if you if you can find a way to mitigate Miles Garrett you've got Jadavian Clowney on the other side of the ball or the other side of the line who's also having a really good year and I mean Tack McKinley um, just unfortunately I think tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles so he is out the rest of the season but yeah I mean Denzel Ward's really good you mentioned Greg Newsome their defense is what's been keeping them in football games and forcing turnovers. So it's just unfortunate for them that they're going up against, you know, the most, the most turnover adverse quarterback in the national football league. Right. And I think even when Aaron Rodgers does, does happen to turn the football over, the Packers are still able to overcome those um, because of the way this offense is playing. I feel like regardless they're going to be able to put up points against this Browns defense. Um, I don't know if I would call it overconfidence at this point or just looking at it like statement of fact, but the Packers are just a better football team and they should come out of this game with a win. Now it might be a fight. Like the Browns are a, a gritty, you know, team. And I think that there's some similarities with being able to overcome adversity Um in both squads, but at the end of the day, I think the Packers are just, they're just better and they're at home. 
Yeah. I mean, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show already, but, you know, if the roles were reversed or if, you know, they were in Cleveland, I think we'd be talking about this game in a different light. But the fact that the offense is fine, if this game happened like week four, there might be more concern because there were question marks with the defense and the offense was struggling to put up points. Now, if the offense fails to put up points again in the first quarter and lets teams hang around, then obviously anything can happen on Saturday, especially with a team like the Browns that's fundamentally built on running the football and burning the clock. The right. best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to keep him on the bench. Like, Don't let him into the football game. So if the Browns can sustain drives, you know, that there's an opportunity for them there to put up some points. But just this late in the season, with the teams being as banged up as they are at Lambeau Field, with the offense clicking the way that it is, it, it's just a just an uphill battle for the Browns. I agree with you. Um, final score predictions. So I'm kind of feeling like 35-20. I think the offense is going to continue to put up quite a bit of points. I think on Christmas at Lambeau Field, there's going to be different energy there. And the Browns, I don't know, 20 to me almost feels generous. I don't know if it's like, you know, the present that I'm giving them. But uh I just have a hard time seeing them putting up a lot of points. I had a very similar score in mind. Um, I had 38-21. Okay. I um, like it. I could see it being like a 38-28 with a end of game sort of garbage time situation. But I, I don't think – I think the – the goal of this game should be win handedly and walk out of there. No injuries. Um, that, that should be it run into the last two games, division opponents that the Packers should beat very easily. Um, potentially try to get some starters back that have been out like Jair and just run into the, the one seed. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings, you got that that loss out of the way on the road. They'll be there at home, Sunday night football. Kirk Cousins just is garbage on the national stage. That game was hard to watch on Monday night football between the Bears and the Vikings. Um, the only reason I watched it was to keep up with you in fantasy, and then you beat me twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm somehow uh, in the championships in our league, and I don't understand <laughs> how. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I picked the Bears in that game. Obviously, they didn't win, but my reasoning was that Kirk is so bad on Monday Night Football. He is garbage. I'm pretty sure that was his, like, second win ever on Monday Night Football. So, And it had nothing to do with him. Nothing. The Bears are, <laughs> like just, <laughs> the Bears are just worse, and the refs are also worse. Um, I really think that the picture is shaping up, and we can talk about this a little bit before mm-hmm. we do our game predictions, but I, I think that – the picture is shaping up to be that this one seed is well within the Packers' grasp, especially with the losses this weekend. Um, Cardinals and Bucks both lost, giving the Packers a really nice cushion um, to keep it. It's theirs if they want it. They can just win out, and it's theirs. I think the one sneaky team potentially that could get in there is the Cowboys, but um, I just don't. I don't see a world where. You know, I mean, the Packers are the only team that have clinched a division. They're the only ones um, that are, I think them and the Cardinals are the only ones that have a set playoff spot at at all. So it's theirs to win if they want it. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting, too, because the Bucks, unfortunately, obviously are without Chris Godwin now, a super significant injury for them. He was having such a phenomenal season. Um, they looked not great um, when they played earlier this week. I know, just... 
And Tom Brady certainly was not a fan of that happening, but uh, fans should feel a little bit better about the Saints game uh, from week one after watching that. Um, But I am curious your thoughts on this. I think the Rams take the NFC West. I think the Cardinals are faltering. I think the Rams take it. And I think part of that is because the Cardinals and the Cowboys play next week. And I think that game is going to have some pretty significant seeding implications. I'm glad you mentioned the Cowboys because I was going to say they are a sneaky contending team. They are. Um, I also, I also think that that game is going to have humongous playoff seeding implications naturally. Um, what are the Cowboys now? Cowboys record. 10 and three. Um, hmm? 10 and four. 10 and four. Yeah. Right. 10 and four. So they're tied currently with the Cardinals and the Rams. Um, anything can happen. The Rams can overtake it. I mean, obviously the Niners are on a streak right now where they're likely not going to win the division, but I think that they're going to get themselves into the playoffs and are looking really strong and much more dominant than they did back when the Packers played them in the beginning of the season. That was even like a down to the wire game. Um, So anything can happen, but I just think this, this weekend, the cushion that the Cardinals and the Bucks gave the Packers could be the difference in the seating at the end of the, at the end of the season. Yeah. And I mean, like the, I'm Christmas has two really fun games. Obviously, anytime the Packers play, it's fun for us. But Cardinals Colts, after the way the Colts, you know, kind of beat up on the Patriots, that's a really fun Christmas night game. Um, and the Colts are looking like, you know, one of the AFC representatives. So Cardinals are my have a dark really horse. tough stretch. Me too. I told that to my dad yet last night. They, they <laughs> are my dark horse currently. Um, okay, so we're, we're getting ourselves uh, naturally into our game predictions. Obviously, yeah, let's we do it. Picked. Pick the Packers on Christmas to win. We're talking about Colts Cardinals there. Obviously, I think the we hope that the Colts win. Um, do we feel like that's a possibility for them going to Arizona? Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. I know that there's like a natural thought that, you know, the Cardinals are embarrassed and they're gonna really kind of try to hand it to the Colts, but I think the Colts are too good of a football team right now to let that that happen, that kind of hangover. So yeah, I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, I um, I also see Jonathan Taylor being able to do some some nasty things there. Um, <laughs> before we jump to the the Sunday games, we do have a a game that does have lots of playoff implications as well. Um, tomorrow night, Thursday night, Niners are going to the Titans. Um, both are really fighting for their spots. Yeah, I think I'm the t- Titans are getting AJ Brown back as well. I thought I saw that today. So, how are we feeling about this game? I think I'm taking the 49ers, and I'm thinking that the Colts end up winning the AFC South. That's kind of where I'm feeling right now. As far as uh, I think the Titans are getting healthy at the right time, but I don't know if it'll be enough unless they sneak in as a wild card and then get healthy there. But if they drop to eight and seven. AFC is wide open. There's a ton of eight-win football teams that are going to miss the playoffs kind of yes. with the way the next couple weeks shake out. You are correct. I also actually have – I feel like the Niners are winning. I just feel like they're riding um, a momentum that they need. Just another, like, very well-coached organization. Um, yes. And the Niners' record is better on the road than it is at home. So I don't think that there's any kind of home field advantage going on for the Titans at all, um, especially for a team that's fighting for the playoff spot and fighting for their division like the Niners are. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, a couple others that obviously don't matter, right? We've got Lions, Falcons. Um, I think the Falcons win that one. Same. Um, Jaguars, Jets, who the fuck cares? Um, <laughs> well, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Jaguars. Sala, Robert Sala tested positive for COVID, so I'm not sure he's going to be able to be there on Sunday, although he has some time. Um, I think I'll take the Jets just because they're home. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the Jags so we can uh, differentiate. Okay. Um, another early slate game that is obviously going to have humongous playoff implications are Rams-Vikings. Yeah, I'm giving this one to the Rams. The Vikings just were not impressive, and the Bears' defense is talented, but so is the Rams' defense. So, I mean, yeah. The Vikings. I, um, I have a hard time counting out the Vikings – solely because of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. I just think that, like, if you get Kirk on a good day, and to be honest with you, the early slate window is when Kirk flies, um, I could see the Vikings beating the Rams at home, right? Like, Minnesota is not an easy place to win um, when you're on the road. Obviously, we just watched Packers lose to the Vikings, um, probably a game that they should have won. But um, So I might take the Vikings. All right. I like it. Do the Packers right. a solid. Yeah. A um, couple more here. We've got Giants, Eagles. Eagles, I guess. Yeah, I'll take the Eagles just because they're Giants <laughs> Daniel Jones. Um, really, really, really important AFC East matchup where the Bills are headed to the Pats. Um, I think this is a must win for the Bills. Like, I just do not think that their playoff chances stand a chance if they lose. So I'm going to take the Bills. Okay. I'm taking the Patriots. Um, not that Cole Beasley, like, makes the Bills offense, but Cole Beasley missing is sort of significant. And I don't see the Pats dropping two in a row with the playoff spot being on the line to the Colts. So I don't think they lose back-to-back games. Okay. Um, AFC North battle, ravens Bengals. Um it looked like Lamar did not practice again today. Both are fighting for the playoffs. Ah, it's a coin toss. Yeah, I think the, the Bengals win this one. I, I know. I think given the health of the team, it's going to be the Bengals. And didn't the Ravens? I think the Ravens had a couple more players added to the COVID list just today. So they're they're just decimated. Yeah. Yeah, I'm leaning Bengals as well in this one. Um, Chargers head to Houston. I think the Chargers walk out of a pretty easy win there. Yeah. Yep. Um, last early slate game, Bucks go to Carolina. I think the Bucks are going to bounce back in a huge way. I feel bad for the Panthers, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be on the short end of that. Cam will make it fun, but it's the Bucks. Um. All right, then we've got Bears, Seahawks. Um, don't Let's hope watch Seattle that. wins this one for the sake of Seattle fans, I guess. I'm going to take the Bears. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Seattle. I um, just think their defense is going to give Wilson some fits. I think DK Metcalf might combust on the sideline if they don't win this game. That's a good point. He might do that. Which is fine with me. Um just a couple more here, AFC games. Broncos head to the Raiders. I think it's the Raiders. I do too. Um, Steelers head to the Chiefs. It should be a pretty easy win for the Chiefs. Agreed. 
Um, Sunday night game, Cowboys-Washington. I know the Washington is kind of in it right now, but um, I I think the Cowboys win this one at home. I do too. There's a lot on the line for them. In it, yeah, exactly. High stakes, divisional game, just must win. And then we get a really riveting, just kidding, not at all, Monday night game with Dolphins Saints. Yikes. If you're um, a betting fan like I am, I would take the under in this game, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I'll probably take the Saints just because they're in the Superdome. Same. I agree. And Taysom Hill is just, like, quirky enough as a player to to, to put. Perfect way to describe him. Eclectic and quirky <laughs> Taysom Hill. <laughs> um okay so that's it for us uh maggie where are we at in the in the records of our game picks this season we've been doing this every single week well i those- i had a one game uh i got within one of you and now you're up to you were at 133 and 84 and i'm at 131 and 86 so we're very close we are neck and neck we tend to pick similarly so we do this week we picked a lot differently though, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll be fine on the Jaguars. We'll what can go wrong? Fun. Yeah, Jets, Jaguars. Woohoo! Way to make it interesting, girls. It's gonna um, decide this for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. A little bit of a longer episode. Obviously, we combined our recap with our preview show. This will be uploaded to Cheesehead TV, to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places you get your. Um, podcasts to listen to if you miss the live show and don't want to listen to it on Twitter. This is our episode for the week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein at Maggie J. Loney at PWSS podcast on Twitter at Pax with she said on Instagram and Twitch. I'm getting good at this. Yes, we are. My manscaped perfect package for his perfect package gifts for Christmas. If you are late, probably not going to get delivered in time at this point, but New Year's gifts are fun too. Um, (laughs) We will be back with our regular schedule, barring any more positive COVID tests um, in the Goldstein household. Or the Loney house. We're going to be there Saturday. um, With our recap show on Monday and then our Vikings preview on Friday morning, normal episode there. Um, Thank you all. Have a happy holidays. Please stay safe. Please stay safe. Um, Enjoy the Packers game on Christmas. Nothing like a Christmas present wrapped in a bow. Nice win. Um, Don't, if you don't celebrate Christmas like me, um, enjoy a day of football that you wouldn't have had before. Cause that's what I'm going to do on my couch quarantining (laughs) by myself. Um, that's all for us. Perry, Maggie, packs what she said. Uh, go pack up. Go pack up.